Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope of freedom to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind, or those searching for a better way to live life with joy and a sound mind. Rich and Susan Collenberg found their freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago in the series Healing by Design. They explore God's healing and restorative nature as our universe's designer and creator. Healing is now on the way on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you today to Freedom to Choose and our series. It's a new series. It's entitled Healing by Design. And this is program number one. And we're going to title this program The Five Requirements for Life. If you want to get uh, get this at a later time, it will be on our website at www.justasiamministries.com, where all of our resources uh, are, and you will be able to get this. It is called the uh, it's called the series Healing by Design, program number one: the five requirements for life. And Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that we have an opportunity to explore the the great principles that you have laid from the foundation of the earth and those principles are to guide and direct us to health and to happiness and we just ask now that you will send your spirit to guide and direct our our thoughts and the words that come out of our mouths and for the people who are listening that we um, through this process draw closer to you and we thank you in jesus name amen 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 so Let's get started and right into the um, the series. Well, I I I I was thinking because we haven't been in for quite a while. I really like the name Freedom to Choose, and the reason why I like that, and I just wanted to say it before we got into the program, is that God um, gives us evidence and God gives us experience, and He desires that we use the um, brains that. Um, he's created in us and the conscience that we have because of of the um, what he's implemented into the human brain to be able to examine things that are brought to our mind so that we can make choices. And um, I think that as we go through life, there's no greater um, gift that God could give us than the freedom to choose because regardless of what's happening outside in the world, or what's happening outside your circle of influence around you, we all still have that freedom to choose within our own conscience and to be able to hold true to who we are regardless of any pressures or anything that comes from outside of our relationship with God. We can say no to it and be true to ourselves and continue to be true to God. You know, it's a really important point that you're making for several reasons, but one of the reasons I want to um, maybe pounce on here a little bit is because character is not given to us. It's developed by us through our choices throughout our lives. Correct. And the character 
of a healthy person is a lot different, looks a lot different than the character of an unhealthy person. And God wants us to be healthy, and the program Healing by Design has to do with God setting us right, because when we're born, we're set wrong. Right. We, we, right out of the we, gates. We're, right out of the gates, and, we're infected with fear and selfishness. Right. And a lot of people want to say, well, that's God's fault. But the reality is, is that our first parents and Adam and Eve chose to follow um, the evil one. And through that, just like through our choices today, we can change our genetic code. Mm-hmm. By thoughts, by choices, by actions, we can actually change the actual DNA on which we operate. And that's what happened. But God— The gene and, expression. Exactly. And, and, but God, in his infinite knowledge and mercy, says, I know there's issues, but I've got a way out. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, so the human race was on a trajectory towards death due to Adam changing— the human brain and infecting it with fear and selfishness by distrusting God and trusting another entity, Satan. And so the human race was on a trajectory towards death. And Jesus came and he changed that trajectory towards life. And now we have the opportunity to make that we have the freedom to choose, choose that way, that the, the way that we're designed the, to operate which is what Jesus showed us. He showed us God in human flesh. He showed us that and, and, and taught that retaliation was unhealthy, that unforgiveness was unhealthy, that ungratefulness was unhealthy, that, that envy, that pride, and all these things were unhealthy. But you, you have the freedom. Right. Uh, you want to be angry and teach your brain to become an angry brain, you have that freedom. But Jesus says there is a way out. I've, I've procured the remedy, and through the Holy Spirit— he will apply that remedy, change the trajectory of your life by just simply allowing him into your life. And, and it is really that simple. Allow that doctor to come in and do his work. Right. So the healing may not happen in, in, in your circumstances, but the healing happens inside your heart and your brain. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know a lot of times Christians will struggle with, well, why, am, why is everything seem to be crashing around um, on me? And it's just like when Jesus says, you'll have peace with me, but you won't have peace with the world. With everything else. Exactly. And so our goal is to be aligned with God and and to be disaligned with what the world is offering. Yeah. So let's look at the five requirements for life. And what we're going to do, you're going to hear the term throughout this program, uh, design, design law, uh, design attributes, functionality of design— all of these terms, we are designed in a certain way. Just like I used to work at a Chevrolet dealership. Cars came in, they were designed a certain way. You had to diagnose what a problem was, and then you had to f- restore that car back into harmony with the way it was originally designed in order for it to run right. Right. So you were a master mechanic, and exactly. you were trained in always Chevy. All Chevy. All yeah. Chevy, right? All so Chevy. so when the Chevy came in and there was an issue, you could correct diagnose, diagnose it, it, yeah. And then take the correct cure to bring it back into, into harmony with the way it was designed. Exactly. That's how we run. Right. He, God wants to restore us back into harmony with the way that we were originally designed. Right. It's that simple. And so the five requirements for life 
uh, for that we can help, we can be healthy, and we can grow, and we can develop. Um, he God uses physical elements to teach us about the spiritual elements that are also just run, they run a parallel. So the five requirements for physical life, because as it is in this physical, so it is in the spiritual world. And that's where Jesus, a lot of Jesus's parables came from. He taught physical realities to be applied in a spiritual allegory or spiritual, I'm sorry, a spiritual metaphor uh, to uh, spiritual reality. So the five requirements for physical life are air, water, food, rest, and exercise. So let's examine how each of these elements have a corresponding spiritual application, and therefore we'll understand healing by design. Right. So the first element, air. In order for us to live physically, we must breathe. Inhaling oxygen is a requirement for life, as well as exhaling carbon dioxide. This is breathing the active exchange of gases that physical life functions upon. Yeah, it's just the way things are. And we're going to call that the law of respiration. It's how God designed us. You know, if somebody's drowning in 10 feet of water, God's not going to change the law of respiration. He's going to go, he's going to ask uh, ask somebody to find it in their heart to go down into that 10 feet, pull that person out of the 10 feet of water, restore them back into harmony with the law of respiration. Mm-hmm. So when God created Adam, he breathed into Adam the breath of life, and Adam became a living being, Genesis 2-7. The breath of life represents the life-giving spark energy, the vital- vitalizing, animating power that comes from God. We do not possess life apart from God. We do not have life original to ourselves. Rather, our life comes from God. Right. We're not an independent source where we can live on off, off of our own power. We don't have that power. We don't have that. Right. And just as Jesus told Nicodemus, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. That's John 3, chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Yeah, Jesus' first comments upon the physical birth of the flesh with its uh, amniotic fluid, like when a woman's water breaks, then he describes the new birth brought about by the Holy Spirit in Greek, the word spirit is pneuma, from which we get the words pneumonia, pneumatic. It's translated into English as either spirit, wind, breath, or ghost, as in the Holy Ghost, or giving up the ghost. Right. When a person dies, they stop breathing, and they're described as having expired, which means an end, a termination, but also to exhale, or in this case, to breathe one's last breath. Let's look at two versions of Luke 23, 46, which says this about Jesus's moment of death. The King James Version said, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I command my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And now the NIV will say, Jesus called out with a loud voice, 
Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. So you see the parallel there. He gave up the ghost. He breathed his last. Pneuma. Breath. So just as we need air for our bodies to live, we need the presence of the Holy Spirit to live as well and to grow and to thrive spiritually. It's the way we're designed. The action of breathing is a well-known sign of life, and to live in God's kingdom, we must inhale the Spirit of God, so to speak, and breathe out in our words and actions the truth and the love of God in how we live and treat others, which is a sign of a new life with God. Right. And Jesus said, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. That's John 13, 35. The life-giving power of love comes from the Spirit of God. It's the power that recreates us in his image, and it's how we partake of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1.4. So an individual can examine themselves to see if they're in the way and see whether or not they're being loving creatures, or, and if not, then it's time to go to God and find out what's happening in the inner being in order that we're not in harmony with God's design law for love. Remember when the disciples walked through Samaria? And yes. they got a little bit upset. Hey, let's rain a little fire down on them. Want us to do that? Jesus says, you're not of the right spirit. Right. That is of the wrong spirit. See, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing, John six sixty three. There's nothing in us that allows us to claim that we're capable of doing the work. The capacity we have comes from God. It is he who made us capable of serving. He who made us capable of uh, serving the new covenant, and that consists of not the written law, but of the Spirit. The written law brings death, but the Spirit gives life, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. In other words, this is referring to design law. Right. This the, the written law doesn't bring life. It's the way you are designed and how you the principles of life that you adhere to that brings Either life. Either brings life or death. Or death. Right. Yeah. Keeping the rules doesn't. Or, exactly. Keeping the rules does not bring 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 life. If I've got mustard on my face and I look in the mirror, the mirror reveals I got mustard on my face. The mirror does not clean the mustard off my face. Right. See, the written law might shout, tell you you got mustard on your face. The written law is not going to bring you life. It's not going to clean you up. That's the spirit of life right. that cleans you up. And the written law was meant for lawbreakers. That's true. Right? So if you're if you're traveling down the road and there's speed limits, do you have to refer to the speed limit in order to obey the speed limit? Or are you cautious and... Caring about other people. And driving the appropriate speed for where you're for going. For the conditions, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if you're driving through a school zone do you re- and there's kids out, do you really need a 25-mile-an-hour speed sign? To make you slow down. Or are you going five miles an hour and being cautious because you're caring the, for peace? Ex- That's design law. Right. Yeah, the sign there. Doing the right thing because yeah. it's the right thing to do, not doing the right thing because someone told you yeah, to. Yeah, or, or you're going to f- penalty. Or there could be a police officer with a radar gun and or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so um, air is the most critical element we need to physically live. Deprivation of oxygen causes death more quickly than the loss of any other element. Likewise, cut off from the spirit of God, we do not have spiritual life. 
It is only through life-giving connection to the Holy Spirit that we are reborn and experience a new life, an eternal life with Christ. That is so true, and that's why Jesus said the only way you're lost is by grieving the Holy Spirit. In other words, making choices to tell God, no, thank you, I don't want you in my life, and you tell God enough that and make choices that turn away from God, eventually we lose the very capacity to embrace that spirit, and we lose the very capacity to love. Well, and I think, too, it's, it's um, you know, God designed our bodies to learn by beholding, right? So we learn by modeling. So if we refuse to look at the designer God and to look at at how he is universe, to correctly look at how his universe operates, then we also don't have the capacity to see things outside of our own selfish nature. So so lose the ability to reason from cause to effect on the way things are going around because we end up being so self-centered that everything's about it. I, I remember that in my drug addiction. I couldn't reason. I had almost totally lost the capability to reason because everything was centered around me. Right. I couldn't see who I was harming. Right. I couldn't see that my actions were causing a ripple effect and ruining, ruining other people's lives and causing them grief and all that. I couldn't see that because that's what selfishness does. Right. It causes us to look through a lens and lose the ability to reason from cause to effect, especially the effect that our our decisions make on other people. Right. And selfishness, if that's what you behold, then that's what you become. And so sometimes it takes, so when, as you know, when we're working with people, whether it be in the prison or with somebody calls and it's usually a family member, sometimes the best possible outcome that can happen for um, someone that you love and you care about that's an addict is that they have consequences. And that, that there's an opportunity to be taken out of their day-to-day selfish existence and taken so that they can no longer do those things that are damaging. So a lot of times when people call and they, they um, are, are um, afraid for their child because they're in prison or jail or a rehab, you know, danger is everywhere in this world, but to give an addict an opportunity to have a different choice at life, that sometimes is, I believe, to be um, a definite move that God makes in that person's life in order to give them opportunity. I know that's what happened with me well, several times. I, I wrote down right mm-hmm. here a note while you were talking. Why are you and I here? Because I got arrested over and over that again. That started... Right? That started a chain reaction of events that put you and I here behind these microphones. Exactly. And it started, and and the way the chain of events went was, how many times did you, you, uh, what happened? A lot of times. She went in a lot of times. She got arrested a lot of times, and she went to jail a lot of times. Well, the the last time some people prayed with you, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit somehow flipped a switch in your brain that you wanted to live, because mm-hmm. up until that point, you didn't. Right. It was obvious by what you were doing to yourself. But then when she gets out, she tells me, when I come around, if I don't leave, she's going to call the law because she wants to live. So then and, I and, end and, up having right. to make... But actually, the process happened earlier while I was still in jail. The process and the preparation to make changes had occurred at that time. So that gave me the strength when I did get out of jail, when I finally got out of jail, 
that I could say no. Whereas before, it sometimes I'd be in for 30 days or 45 days, and it was just not enough time for me to to have an opportunity to see that there was another way possible. So, and, and why every why time... Why are you laughing? He's laughing Because right every now. time you're talking, you're substantiating another Bible text. Oh. Reverence for the Lord or fear for the Lord, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You were so busy destroying yourself that you couldn't sit down for a moment sober and let God talk to you. Right. And that's that text, reverence for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. You got arrested, you were finally put in timeout mm-hmm. where you could sit and sit with people who might have been talking a little recovery, who might have been tired of the same thing that you're getting tired of. You might have been looking at, this is not me, I'm in a jumpsuit again. And and but see if there was if if you weren't able to be quiet and sit down and allow that spirit to speak to you. So so the jail was the best thing that happened for you. Right. Even though it was the worst day of your life going, it was also the best day of your life. Right. And so these these things are just substantiating design law all the way through the way we're designed. If we're running rampant, if we're running on our own power, if we're running selfishness, God will do something to get us to sit down and take an inventory somehow. And when you told me, when I showed up at your house, the day you got out, you have an ankle bracelet on and I show up, and I'm not even going to describe what kind of shape I was in or what I had on me, but you told me you're calling the law, get out of here. Then I had to take inventory because I looked around and there was nobody left for me. Mm-hmm. There's nobody left. Mm-hmm. And so you listening to the Holy Spirit in jail caused a whole host of events to happen, which trickled down and put us behind these microphones 25 years later. Right. And so could it could there be somebody out there right now that's listening to us that maybe has anger issues or resentment problems, maybe not drug addiction or maybe some other type of addiction that the, that you could be struggling with? And could this be the time where God is saying, you know, there is a different way, there is a better way. Come and explore my design principles and um, see that you can have freedom in your life. And it, because it's not, you know, addiction is just an outward manifestation of the sickness of the heart. Of Yeah, the fear and the selfishness that we're infected with, that we're born with. That everybody has the tendency to go in whatever way they go in because we're all infected with fear and selfishness. Yeah, and it wasn't just something arbitrary Jesus said to Nicodemus. You must be born again because you're born of the flesh. You're born with these horrible, sinful desires, and Jesus— That were never a part of my design. Never a part of his design, and Jesus says, if you're born again, I will give you new desires. I will give you a distaste for what you find really tasteful right now. And so that's why I say it's a must. It's not you need uh, uh, to—you ought to be born again or or whatever, or, uh, you know, it's— it's not an Design, action that you have to do. It's for, it's an inside job. It's an inside right? job. It's a requirement for life, and it needs to happen because it's part of the way we're. It's part of design law in the healing by design process. Exactly. And so we're actually we this is uh, the title of this program today is the five requirements for life. We only got to one of them, uh, and the five requirements, of course, are for physical life: air, water, food, rest exercise. So we only got to one of them, 
and then we're going to probably have to wrap it up in about a minute or so. So I don't even want to get into uh, the water yet because there's so much to talk about there. Uh, but but what we do want to um, reiterate that all the programs that we have, all the all the freedom to choose programs, uh, the se- different series is I think there's six, seven different series. They're all on our website, www.justasiamministries.com. Right, so you can go grab a podcast and listen to the podcast, or there's also some resources available if you'd like some uh, some workbooks that are that it's not just about addiction, it's about healing by God's design. Healing by design. Getting out of our prisons. Healing by design. Right. So remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing's a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thank you for listening to Healing by Design on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.